Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Guitar Stories Podcast, episode number 28, talking about something that I'm nervous about. Do YouTubers get paid for reviews? Are videos paid for, etc.? Hello, Dan. Hello, Andy, and welcome, everyone, to this episode. I'm excited to be here. Hi, and you. Yeah. Sir? <laughs> no, I'm not jumping over you again. We had that last time. All good, all good. I, I was just about to say it's so great to be back because last last week I had to say, sorry, I can't speak. So uh, we had to cancel that episode. But you did a great job on uh, going through Joe Bonamassa's Wonder World of Merchandise. That was That was super funny. Great job. Yeah. It was not an official podcast episode because it was hanging out, but a massive thanks to Lee Fuge. I hope that um, if you saw that on the YouTube channel, then you went to check out his channel because he's uh, he's rather good. <laughs> and um, you know, he, he's, he's annoyingly good. Actually, he's just annoying, but uh, you know what it's like. I'm going to move that camera. Yeah, so welcome if you're listening to the audio podcast. Tonight, we're going to do a better job of describing what we're talking about because I've noticed listening back, that things come on the screen that we're seeing. And then we go, Oh, that's great. And I'm thinking, if people are listening to this, they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so, good point. Good point. Apologies. But actually, I was I was pretty apologies. proud about the audio quality last last time because the uh, the podcast audio quality of John gum was amazing. Oh, I had the chills when I re reheard that. Well, how much fun camera. was that? John John is amazing. Yeah, truly, truly he was, is. He was amazing. Whoops. All right, now I'm good. So, um, good news, Mikhail seems happy. So that's that's nice, even though we were a little bit late this week. Yeah. You know, we, had, said, uh, we had stuff to do. Yeah, well, we're busy. Actually, we had, we had to check the, the, the latest video on YouTube from Gibson, which leads us to... Yeah, guitar news. All right, then. Seamless. Yeah. Lovely. So we just watched it basically like minutes before the show. Uh, Gibson has officially revealed that Dave Mustaine joined the artist roster. What's your take on that, Andy? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> um, are you are you a fan? Are you are you a Megadeth fan? Not really. Like, no? okay. I was more, uh, as you know, this is my year for getting into metal. So that may change. So maybe in a few weeks, maybe even a few hours time, my opinion may change. Mm. But in the 90s, when I was most into my music, it was mainly grunge and stuff like that. So it was Megadeth had too many notes for me back then. It was too, <laughs> too, uh, too, too melodic. Yeah. Um, but, but this is interesting. I know what a powerhouse he is, of course. I know, I know what a big... Uh, name he is in the world of guitar and of course i appreciate his playing but i really don't know what to make of this with gibson um yeah it was it was I, this an is gonna interesting sound awful. tease it's gonna sound awful dan i guess ultimately i i don't care and i know that's awful <laughs> actually i think a lot of people that's why care. i'm struggling yeah no no all good i know good. I'm just, i can only speak for myself <laughs> I mean, it was interesting to see because uh, there was so much speculation out there. I think Trogli's already 
found some proof that there would be a flying V coming. And then there was some some social media or Instagram um, kind of tease by Cesar um, from, from Gibson, their COO. And then quite like, was it a couple days ago, there was a, a little trailer, like 14 seconds, where you just see Megadeth's mascot, Big Rattlehead, walking across a graveyard. And then he pulls out a sword and um, out of the scabbard. And then uh, on the actual sword blade, it, say, it says, Rust in Peace. So that was a pretty, pretty cool tease. At least I liked it. And it shows that uh, they're really kind of nailing it how to you know, create that sort of momentum and expectation from, from the community. Absolutely. Really like let's, um, let's put it out to the chat. People in the chat, what do we think of the Dave Mustaine uh, Gibson stuff? There are two things that I'm taking from this, Dan. And the first yeah. one is I like the way they've spread it across the brands, which you and I were talking about just before we went live. Um, yeah. So you've got Kramer, Gibson, and Epiphone. Yeah. Yeah. I really <laughs> like that flying V. I think that's uh -huh. great. Yeah. So you've got a, a flying V. Sorry, I've done it again. I've done it already. I'm talking about something I haven't mentioned what it is. There's a flying V, uh, a Kramer V. I don't know what those models are called. I've, I've never really done Kramer. And is, is Epiphone the acoustic? Uh, I'm have not a sure if that's, an, if that's an Epiphone, actually. Can you, can you spot that? Because it looks like it says, yeah, the, Epi, the, the acoustic looks like a Gibson. The silver V is definitely the Kramer, and the, the V in the middle is definitely Gibson. So I'm not yeah. seeing any of the, the Epiphone stuff. Yeah, I mean, they might not just have finished the, the import versions, because frankly, it's, it's kind of sure. hard to, to get that done in overseas factory now during um, COVID times. Um, sure. Yeah, but it's interesting, like you said, interesting to see that uh, with such a big name like Mustaine, they're spreading that across not just various segments like acoustic electric, but also across several brands. Kind of strengthening not just yes. like their house brand gibson but also uh kramer i like it i mean it, it will be interesting to see what the price point will be maybe the kramer version will be the the slightly uh less expensive i don't know what what i find interesting though is uh, that they went for different cosmetics i'm sorry <laughs> no no what do you mean by different cosmetics so the yeah the like, kramer v versus the yeah, like both Vs. I mean, the Kramer V looks a lot more aggressive with, um, I don't know how they, how they call the, the, those inlays, but they are pretty much like Jackson's signature, like, like I think Jackson and Kramer's signature inlays. It's kind of, it's like a, a rounded off um, triangle, two triangles on each, uh -huh. uh, on, on, on each uh, fret. And uh, in that gray finish, it looks very aggressive and uh, yeah, very pointy. Yeah. Whereas the Gibson V looks more like a, a a little bit rounder and more classic kind of approach to the V. Mm -hmm. uh, it comes, it, I mean, it's all black. Um, how do you, how do you call those inlays? It's it's a block inlays. It's um, I don't know the Gibson. I have no uh, Gibson splits, knowledge at all. Split trapezoid, split something. Okay. Well, let's Someone in the chat will let me know. It's split, it's split something. <laughs> split something. Yeah. So um, yeah, that, that what I like is the is the headstock, Dan. So you've got the the hockey stick headstock, yeah. the Explorer on the V. Yeah, and I love stuff like that. That makes it kind of quirky. That's that's made it certainly special, yeah. and appeals to me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's the second fun. thing I want to bring up that I'm taking from this is the the thing that's very strange is there's Dave Mustaine with the new Gibsons and the Kramer. Look at the amps behind him, Dan. <laughs> you mean it's not boogies? 
They're not Mesa Boogie Amps. So hmm. Dave Mustaine does not play Mesa Boogie Amps, but Gibson, uh, sorry, hang on, let me get this right. Gibson has now welcomed Mesa Boogie to the Gibson family. <laughs> um, and there like are still Marshall Amps behind Dave Mustaine. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I've got to be very diplomatic this episode because I could get myself into trouble. So yeah, yep. um, I'm desperately trying not to. So yeah, it's really good to see that um, there's still some Marshalls because very easy to pick on Gibson. Uh, hang on, let me just walk over this glass right now and just tiptoeing around the edges of this danger pit. And I'm waiting <laughs> for the time where Slash gets his Mesa Boogie um, signature amp. Yeah. <laughs> be interesting. So I've I'd love to know what's behind, um, what's his name? Uh, Cesar? I can't remember. Cesar. Yeah, what's, there's yeah. a guitar behind him as well on the picture. That looks like, one of them looks like a Fender. Oh, uh, well, I don't know what they put hanging there. Just over his <laughs> left shoulder. But anyway. Yeah. What's very interesting chat, is actually... We've got... The acoustic. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just talking over you all this week. Um, <laughs> dumping the V's. Some people are not impressed. Some people, uh, some people have just joined, so they don't know what we're talking about. Um, da, 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 da. There is a oh, people are trying to buy Kramers locally. Okay, so used ones. <laughs> I, I, I'm really not getting the feel of it. it. It does seem like they're talking about other things, which leads me to believe that many other people are also not that affected by this um <laughs> could be i mean I, I think i saw one comment where someone said he's close to retirement so he's probably just looking for different streams of income which of course is always part of an endorsement that might be something that Absolutely. we take later too but um yeah i mean the announcement was definitely big and he's a household name when it comes to heavy metal and actually i like the acoustic very much Absolutely. it's a 24 fret acoustic uh with a very wide cutaway and i think they, they also altered yeah it's got 24 frets they say it in the video that's a funny thing andy that's a funny thing about the video like every everyone who's into mustaine is like into the jackson v mustaine but throughout the whole video they only mention details for the acoustic guitars <laughs> i like it <laughs> all right um yeah that, that's how you do it um <laughs> Let's keep our ear to the ground and our, our eyes to the to the Gibson Instagram and all that stuff and hope that we get some more news. Oh, we've just got a super chat from McKeel and he says something that there's no way I can read out without getting myself in trouble. May I? May I? May I? Come on. So Michelle you just may, wrote, of course you may. All the good artists are at Ibanez. You're welcome. Thanks, Michelle. When am I getting my coffee from uh, Michiel's um, sponsorings? Oh, ne next week. Next week. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So next week. Yeah, it's next week. Um, Dan, it's been a rather slow week in gear, but um, I've got yep. some kind of stuff. So maybe we can move on to my pick of the week. Sure, please. <laughs> My pick of the week. Um, this is a weird one, because up first is something that Dan kind of picked for me and said you can have that if you want. Um, I had already seen it, but I hadn't done any preparation for the podcast at this point. So this is my pick of the week, but it's kind of also Dan's. It is the um, collaboration between Built Guitars and Chase Bliss. So there's a, uh, a, a Built Revelator with a Chase Bliss, I can't speak this week, Chase Bliss blooper. Man, that's hard to say. 
built into it. So it's a guitar with an effects pedal inside it. And I dig it hard. <laughs> I think when it's, I saw it's, it, I was... there's two models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you saw it, I, I, when you sent it to me, I was like, okay, well, Dan's doing my work for me. Great. <laughs> I was just thinking like, if, if you see that thing, you would just drool over that. That's like the, that encompasses everything you are looking for. You, you need switches and you need a quirky looking guitar. It's just like yeah. an Andy signature model kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but Dan, this is old Andy. This is pre-metal Andy. Oh, wow. So now you're flying V and RG, Andy? If it ain't pointy, I'm not digging it. <laughs> so I'm, like I'm working on some new catchphrases. That, that's, that, that, I'm not there yet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The metal um, geek. <laughs> the metal geek. No, I'm, I'm certainly not there with metal. But yes, I absolutely love the Revelator anyway. Um, I've only ever tried a Chase Bliss blooper once. You can see I haven't made a video for them because I can't say it. Um, and it's just, it's quirky as heck. So it seems almost like one of those guitars that you could be a whole soundscape with one guitar. So I find that exciting. Yeah. Um, and there's another one, another color. So they've reversed the colors where it's, it's white with a blue scratch plate or blue with a white scratch plate. Um, but seriously, it's great. It's very Jazzmaster. Yeah. I like I like the blue pickup housings. I mean, that's so cool. Yes, it's that it's like a baby cool. blue, isn't it? It's yeah. It's I don't know. But uh, yeah, I I like that. That's that's something that I certainly like. And thank you so much for sending it to me, Dan. But that is my official first pick of the week. Um, my second pick of the week is this, and it's a bass. Ooh, this is pre pre metal Andy's sort of dream bass not dream bass but certainly dream bass it's a strat inspired bass guitar and it's called the spellcaster bass so <laughs> i'm seeing a very strat inspired body it's, it's basically a strat body with three pickups in a strat formation a trem system on a bass everything that looks on the body looks like a strat <laughs> and then the neck you've got something that looks a bit like a, like a thunderbird yeah um, kind of neck <laughs> I was just thinking the same. I was like, as, as if a Strat and a Thunderbird uh, like spend the night together, and this is the offspring. <laughs> I, I I I love it. Um, yeah. I, I love tr uh, this tram system on a bass. I think I'm wondering if that that tram arm is actually going to withstand the tension. You know, like as I've used tram arms on guitars on my on my Fender uh, Strat, the Custom Shop one. The tram arm bends when when you're Tremming. Yeah, that's a word. Um, <laughs> I don't it think it's what? supposed to do it that. Bends? I think it's no. <laughs> it kind of bends, yeah. Wow. Um it's 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 extremely authentic. But <laughs> I like that a lot. I don't know if I would play it or if I would buy it, but I like it. And there's another picture I've got to bring up. Uh, oh, that one's vanished out of the, uh, the 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 Dropbox. Never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got one picture to show you. Oh, hang on. Another... Oh, wait, wait. There we go. All right. There's another one. It just looks classy. Yeah. And one of my favorite guitars is the Fender 66, which is behind me. If people are watching, you can just kind of see it up there next to the Paul Gilbert Ibanez FRM 300. 
Um, <laughs> and I love that guitar because it's a precision bass body that it's a guitar. So it's this is like the other way around. Yeah. And then I've got some details. It's the uh, 25 Ooh. frets. Um, yeah. What, something, it says the reverse headstock design was inspired by Jimi Hendrix's playing of a right-handed strat as a lefty, promising increased tension on the E string while reducing tension on the G. That makes a lot of sense. Of course. However, it's $1,635 direct. So I, I don't think I'll be going anywhere near it. It's, I don't like it that much. But Andy, what, what, done? What, have I, what have I done that, uh, that you're picking a bass? For one of your picks of the week. I mean, that's sacrilege. Well, my my own my only pick of the week. Because <laughs> you picked the other one for me. <laughs> All right, we're going to see who's the king of the pick to, uh, tonight, right? Well, I would have picked something you've picked. So, if you don't mind, would we move on to your pick of the week, sir? Of course. Dance, pick of the week. Dance, pick of the week. Ah, ooh. There you go. What is your first pick of the week, sir? My first pick is actually not news. It's actually old. But uh, since I was sick last week, oh, um, I still decided oh. to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I still decided to pick it because uh, it's the Strandberg Singularity True Temperament guitar. And uh, I think a lot of us are already... Um, aware that there is a or has been a signature guitar for Per Nielsen from Scar Symmetry. Is he still like doing that project? Anyways, so Per Nielsen, great uh, guitarist, also metal guitarist, and he already had a Strandberg guitar. Pretty much, you know, everyone knows how those Strandberg guitars look. I mean, it's basically like a headless guitar in a very pointy, edgy kind of shape. And you would, how would you describe the body shape? It's a little... I think I would describe it in a way that it's that's ergonomics over design, which I think is the kind of their their aim. Don't quote me on that. Yep. But having played a few, they're very they fit the body so well. It's almost as if they've designed something for ergonomics first and then made some kind of design out of it, which is kind of like a like a stretched out strat with a really deep lower cut mm -hmm. uh, yep, to fit yep. on your on your knee. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, the colors, Dan. Well done on this this pick of the week. The colors are right up my street. But what's going yeah. on with the wiggly frets? What's going on yeah. on those fret work? I mean, that's the actual feature. It's it's one of the few um, like regular guitars that are available with uh, the iconic True Temperament uh, Temperament frets. And that's a thing. That's something that I I think I've seen first. Uh, Steve Vai using that on his uh, on a couple of his jam guitars. And um, actually, the frets they are kind of very precisely. Uh, custom tailored for every single string so that the intonation is 100% perfect so there's no in between and no like compromising in tone but it's uh, like you mm -hmm. can see it's almost as if you're drunk and you're looking at the fretboard it's very challenging to look at as a traditional guitarist let's put it that way I'm trying to think if I've ever played one I'm not sure yeah yeah I, I, I mean it, I don't it think combines I have played one. It combines the Endure neck, the the very 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 specific and ergonomic uh, Strandberg uh, signature neck profile, plus the True Temperament fret. So it's a very progressive instrument. Uh, I really like the approach, mm. and like I said, it's one of the few that come stock with True Temperaments. And such a, a TT neck alone, if you buy that from the from the Swedish company, um, can account for five hundred bucks easily. 
So, yeah. That actually puts the the overall price of the instruments, the seven string clocks in at I think three and a half grand, and the the eight string at uh, you know three eight three point eight k. So that that puts it a little bit in perspective, but still, I mean, Strandberg guitars are expensive, but they are very very unique too. So if you want one, you got to spend a few bucks. I I feel that Strandberg guitars are more expensive than they need to be. But having played a few, I really enjoy. Uh, Guillaume has one or had one. I'm not sure if he still got it. And okay. um, I did play. Yeah. So I'm being asked in the chat by Rescue Gear if I played one at TGU 2018. And yes, I did. Um, it's and the neck is like a half hexagon thing, isn't it? So yeah, yep. Um, it's it's extremely extremely fun to play because it. I suppose it's it's to do with is it reducing surface area on the neck so that you're just touching it where you need to touch it and therefore can move around quicker so there's yep. there's less friction. Now also I think it it uh, reduces fatigue so because you're not like having that those ah. kind of uncomfortable uncomfortable touch to the neck so it's very it, it kind of like if you're going up and down the neck it like fits where you where your hands have to actually stay in order to not to not tire out. Right. And uh, sorry, Rescue Gear was stating a fact, not asking a question. I do apologize. <laughs> um, you have another pick. Should we move on to that? Your second mm -hmm. pick of the week. Please. There you are. The second pick. There's actually news. Um, and I, th I, I picked it for two reasons. Um, one's, um, I think, the, the Misha Mansour Invective M, the big one that they released back in, uh, I think, January 2017, if I'm not mistaken. That was that was quite a big statement and uh, kind of successful in the market. A lot of people like that, and uh, but I also picked that because it's one of the few life signs that I've seen from PB so far. Did you like what? What did you pick, Dan? You haven't said what you've picked. Oh, I'm sorry. I picked the PB twenty watt Misha Mansour Invective MH top. All right, now now it's clear. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so I was I was actually really questioning myself: Is PB still live? Because I haven't seen any major releases. Do you? Well, yeah, they did the uh, the Wolfgang. Sorry, not the Wolfgang. The their version of it, the Eddie Van Halen guitar that they released, sort of the week after he he passed. Oh yeah, okay. Well, okay, but this is kind of only a couple of weeks old, or well, a couple of months old. But like, um, for... yeah, regarding as you said, I, I would agree that PV PV have been rather quiet. But oh. um, um, question in from Sarang: Does it have like a, a load box? Let's have a look on the back of the amp. It has yeah. an MSDI mic simulated direct interface. Um, I not. Oh yeah, it does have a yeah. twenty watt, five watt, and one watt mode. Yeah, I think I and think a they, USB they, socket. Yeah, uh, they they are using some kind of internal dummy load, I guess, so you can actually re uh, reduce. Yeah. The loudness. So just. I'm going to need to try that because, you know, as a, as a metal guy now, that's the kind of amp that I play these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I like about those amps, they are, I mean, they are still quite expensive, but they are not so expensive that you can only have one. So basically, you can buy like a mini Marshall, you can buy a mini PV and uh, let's say a mini yeah. boogie, mini rectifier or something. So that's pretty cool. So you have a whole palette, different colors, mini Soldano, just the, the latest slow was also pretty nice. So yeah, so that's why I picked that. I think it's it's loaded with okay. features, and uh, 
will be will be very nice for all the gen kids that don't necessarily need a hundred watt or hundred fifty watts head to play in their bedrooms. That's right. So yeah. I I I'm going to give a a, a rather st strong statement in the fact that I don't think. No, wait a minute. Wait, careful, Andy. I think <laughs> twenty watts is uh, is is good. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say, I think these days 20 watts is more than most people need, but it's not true on all amps with headroom and stuff like that. But yeah, that's certainly for an amp that is going to be driven like this PV, 20 watts is, is pretty darn fine. Absolutely. All right, I'm so really tiptoeing this week. I'm, we're getting closer to the yeah. topic of the week. Of, I know, this, I know. I'm starting to sweat and everything. <laughs> so um, I'll have to, I'll have to tell so my hard. story before we go into the. All right, yeah. It, All right, Darren, so we've, we've got a new little cutaway. Can I can I play what the new that? video? The new um, new cutscene. Yeah, it's the uh, pick of the picks. What's gonna lose? What will they choose? Which gear is pick of the picks? That's hilarious. Look at the picks. <laughs> I'm taking up a new career in um, in uh, in making those silly little videos. Uh, pick of the picks, Dan, is um, when the people in the live chat of the YouTube channel decide their favorite pick of the picks. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, yep. And will we have an answer from the people in the live chat? Which is their favorite pick? Would it be the PV amp? Would it be the Strandberg guitar? Would it be the built revelator with the built-in Chase Bliss blooper? Or will it be the bass that I've forgotten what it's called? I almost made it to the end and remembered all the products, but I didn't. <laughs> Spellcaster. Oh, I got it. I got it all in the same breath. Um, and apparently 60 Cycle Hummers just started a live cast. So, um, you know, it was nice seeing you all in the live chat. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at seven, 75 people live. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's so nice. I really appreciate you watching us. And um, we are 10% better than 60 Cycle Hum this week, just so you know. <laughs> um, not, counting, not counting Steve, of course. Steve, Steve is the ultimate. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> So um, we've had one vote for the the uh, the PV, uh, one vote, two votes for the PV, one vote for the Baby Blue Revelator PV. Uh, Daniel Taylor's never going to leave. Um, <laughs> Dan's Legos in the background. Valeria's yep. voting for your Lego. <laughs> what Lego have you got, Dan? So Dan's showing us. Oh. that's the best bin duel. Bespin Duel. Revelator. Artie Smudge likes the base Revelator. I think it's between the Revelator and the PV at the moment, but um, right. I don't know. So if you're listening to the podcast audio version, let us know which your favorite is. I'm going to call it a draw between the <laughs> PV. Hang on, I've got an offer. Will I'll give you my flashback four if you build it into a guitar, Andy. Dan, I'm going <laughs> to need a peer. <laughs> you got to take it out of Poo Ninja's dead hands, dead cold hands. <laughs> I got to learn to get to the moon first. Okay, yeah. um, it's it's between the Revelator and the PV, and I'm happy with that answer. And quite frankly, Dan, I am just playing for time because I don't want to do the main topic. Yeah, and you're you're kind of you're acting like you you're trying so hard to be Switzerland. 
You're the Swiss Andy tonight. I am. The Swiss. I am so Swiss. I'm so Swiss. It's unbelievable. I've got this little tassel on my head, and I'm uh, <laughs> smelling of chocolate. Yeah, and cheese. <laughs> awesome. You know as well as I do. I always smell of cheese. <laughs> so since um, since Michelle is is almost every week sponsoring us two euros, um, do we actually have to disclaim Correct. that because he's sponsoring the show? Is he paying us? Sweating profusely. I'm sweating. <laughs> Sweat is pouring from my hands. <laughs> All right, let's head to the main topic, okay? Okay, let's do the main topic, which, um, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> do, we, do you want to? I don't even know what to do. Main topic, <sighs> nothing's changed. I've got no video, nothing to get through it. Um, All right. Should we have guest guest of the week is me being not me? <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> I want to put myself in the other other screen. All right, come on then, Dan. Right, what is our main topic? I'm going to just go go inside myself for a moment. All right, okay. Our main topic today, and I don't know if it's controversial for the guys and and gals in the chat, but it's yes, actually it is. a <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Oh, what a segue! Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. Um, is getting paid for reviews is that something that people know that youtubers are getting paid for reviews is that something that uh, is is um very transparent to the crowd and also like kind of broadening the topic what's the income stream for a youtuber and since you know we have like two perspectives that's that are that are super interesting because they are so contrary because i'm already always uh, checking that topic out from the the corporate perspective from my ibanus uh, ibanus perspective because i'm looking for youtubers i'm looking for influencers i'm looking for artists in order to you know promote our brand uh, my brand that i'm uh, i'm in charge of and then there's your perspective and i find it so interesting uh, because your perspective is completely different because you have to work with several companies in order to make a living and you are kind of dependent on varying income streams and some of them are affiliate marketing some of them are influencer marketing and those are two very broad topics that actually we wanted to discuss because yeah actually both terms or, or both income streams were not too obvious for a lot of people actually we had a lot of inquiries lately what what is that affiliate kind of marketing affiliate uh, link kind of thing what what is that like how does it work and uh, you know what does influencer marketing mean all those kind of questions they kind of popped up on, on, on several um occasions and uh, so i yeah, thought that would be an interesting topic and andy was freaking out and then decided okay let's do it because he likes to walk on a razor plate i um <clears throat> Until about I want to say eleven a.m., we didn't have a topic for today. Until I actually released the 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 video preview thing went live, I was still saying. I actually said to Dan this morning, "No, we can't do it. It's too close to my job, and I'm worried and scared about doing it." So this is. I am being silly. I am being over the top, dramatic, funny. Haha! I'm scared and sweating. But generally, genuinely, sorry. Um, I don't want to lose my job. I like to eat. I like to feed my kids. Yeah. And um, I know how things can get taken out of context. But that yeah. being said, I think I also said something like I live for fear or something or, or anyway. So yeah. I've prepared a statement <laughs> that you're going to read out right now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. 
All right, go ahead. <clears throat> the views that I express in this episode of the podcast are solely my own and are based upon my own views and experiences. I do not wish to upset any brands, friends, competitive YouTube channels, none being mentioned. Okay, got it. Or any of the viewers or listeners with the things I may say from now on, I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. Oh. <laughs> okay, just so you know, that was a joke. I didn't write that down. I did write some stuff, but I, I yep. lived it because I want to make sure that we are having fun. <laughs> but yeah. It would have been funny had I prepared that. I think I did all right. Anyway. Um, yep. That was, that was pretty, pretty so, smooth. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Uh, I, I really should, you know, do more with my abilities. <laughs> <laughs> so carry, carry on, Dan. Yep. Oh, well, um, um, actually, like we brought up a couple of topics. And uh, I mean, we're not the first podcast to, um, to talk about that. And there are thousands of videos that explain how much you make from YouTube and uh, how you make a living as an influencer. But especially in our field, in the musical instrument industry, I think that's uh, kind of an interesting topic. And uh, like I said, I'd like to take those two perspectives, maybe do it as some sort of interview or discussion. So can you... I'm up for that. Let's just get some... Yeah. Sorry, let, I've got some, some views from the chat already. So I'd like to bring those up. Okay. Um, because Old Man Zen sorted the problem straight away. <laughs> With um, YouTuber reviewers are getting paid for their work. Deal with it. There, summed up in two sentences. I kind of agree. However, some people, according to the comment sections of videos, would disagree. Um, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Um, Mikhail wrote something cool. Um, he doesn't see it as an issue, so that's nice. Um, and then when was, where we go? Where has it gone? There was another one. Um, there, Mikhail said that you're paid for a service, not for an opinion. That's something I'd like to discuss um, in the discussion part. But first, do, would you like to interview me, Dan? Or how would you like to do this? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can just like a couple of questions that pop up when we discuss this topic. So can you, okay. to, some degree, to some degree, kind of disclose what your main sources of income are when it comes to uh, yes. you know, making a living as a YouTuber? Yes, firstly, um, it's really hard to keep track of because there are so many. And I don't mean so many as in I'm earning so much money, but you have to do this. You have to have so many multiple streams of income to to try and get something like a a, a base kind of monthly amount. So I'm dancing around it. You've got... Um, Money from YouTube, okay? Directly from Google Ireland, I get a payment every month from Google saying, here's the money from the adverts that we showed on your videos in the last 30-ish days. Okay, and let me, let me qu just quickly jump in. And is it right, you got to pay taxes for that amount. So the tax is not already uh, deducted, right? Okay, nope. that's your, that's 100% income and this income needs to, uh, will be taxated, okay. To be taxed. Text, text. Okay. 
Okay. Text. Um, so that's the that's the YouTube side. So when people say uh, YouTubers make a lot of money, um, and I'm really skimming over this subject quickly, but um, from YouTube, that is not my main source of income. It is a nice um, a nice part of it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, it, I could not survive on that alone, which leads me to the next one, which is affiliate links, which you'll have oh, underneath every one of my videos. And there is some underneath this video, in fact. Um, so affiliate links, um, again, very, very briefly s scraping over the, the, the main subject there is that uh, I put a link, say, say I'm, I'm talking about this bottle of water. That's a really bad example. This polytuned <laughs> clip-on tuner, which I, which I really, really enjoy. Um, <laughs> promotion. Unpaid that promotion. Was a promotion. Um, if the affiliate linking stuff, and I had this discussion with um, Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum, I thought affiliate links were dirty. I thought that it, it made me feel a bit itchy, a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm because I felt like I was pushing people to go to these links and therefore send me money. And that's, it's kind of like um, asking friends to buy something from your business. And that's how I yeah. felt. But isn't uh, that something good? He, he quite, I mean, it just made me feel you... dirty until Ryan yeah. corrected me or rather gave me his, his opinion. And it was that he feels it's the cleanest, or at least he did feel at the time, the cleanest way of earning money because people can decide whether to click that link or not, and they can decide whether to buy something. And um, absolutely. Um, so I have Amazon links underneath my, my video. I have Toman links, and I have Sweetwater links, and sometimes links with other brands that uh, they run independently. But the, the Sweetwater, Toman, and Amazon stuff are the main three, mm -hmm. which is why, um, which is why this year, and yes, Dan, we can talk about this, the thing that I said, we weren't really going to touch on. Um, Amazon reduced their affiliate uh, percentage to 1%. Mm -hmm. It was at, I want to say four. Uh, I only started Amazon links after they dropped it to 1% because I, I didn't, uh, I didn't have it set up for Amazon. I didn't think it was was worth it. Mm. Um, so whatever happens with Amazon, you go to Amazon via one of my links, and then you buy something, I think within 14 days, depending on the on the country. And anything you buy, if that cookie is on your, your computer browser, I will get 1% of. Um, From the net net amount, right? Just to make make sure that's right. From the net amount. So they already deduct the VAT. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. So, so that means if anyone goes on there and buys a five hundred dollar or five hundred euro TV, and mm -hmm. they click my link two days previously, and nobody else's link in between my link and their purchase, I will get the TV percentage. Yeah. Um, which, which is, is pretty, actually the, where the money comes yeah. from, I guess. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's. Yeah, people buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, and it's not only like limited to musical instruments. It's basically everything you buy from from Amazon, right? Yes, anything you buy. Yeah. So that's Amazon. Um, and the same with Tolman and Sweetwater. Um, you can click my, my if I'm doing a, a, I don't know, this again, TC Electronic, well done. Um, you're, you're getting, you're looking at a video for this Polytune, but you also buy, um, I don't know, a, a guitar, an amp, and a couple of packs of strings. Mm -hmm. 
you don't have to buy the thing that I'm showing the link for as long as you've gone to the website. And that's the same for Tillman and Sweetwater. Exactly the same for, for everybody, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, recently, Hello. Sweetwater have changed their affiliate program, uh, which is one of the things I wasn't sure I was going to talk about, but to heck with it, we're, uh, we're in it now. Um, it upset a few of us um, because they dropped from 6% to 4%. Uh, and I believe the reason is because they don't need to pay out so much. Yep. So, Dan, you had a view on this with Amazon, which kind of a, a also... Um, you can also put this on the Sweetwater thing. Jeff Bezos um, realized that because everyone's at home, everyone's buying from Amazon anyway, why pay people 4% when you can pay them 1%? Because people are still buying. Yeah, no alternative. I mean, especially when, when the whole pandemic happened, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of stores where you could buy from. So that was just like some sort of, yeah, I mean, logical, logical business move from their side that they decide, okay, if people have no alternative, I mean, we can cut it off completely because then we would just lose that relation. But uh, why should mm. we overspend? Let's put it that way. How should, why should we overspend? Because if, uh, if our sales increase so significantly, then uh, I think their, their thinking was, all right, if, if the, um, the amount of, of online sales increases so drastically, then maybe at the end of the day, it will even you know, be, be kind of flat compared to the previous amount that you made. Just with a slower, uh, with a smaller percentage, but I mean that's highly dependent on how much you made. And, and you, you would know. think, yeah. Um, quite honestly, uh, again, uh, affiliate linking is great. It's a great way to earn income. And um, <laughs> I've just realised that I have not set up the photo that you sent me earlier on WhatsApp, which I definitely <laughs> want to show. Um, so I'm about to to save it. Um, Again, right. so just affiliate linking alone at my current situation would not be enough to constitute a job. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not enough. Again, it's another source of income. And I don't know who wants to hear this or who needs to hear this. But um, if you're interested in doing things like what I do, then affiliate linking is an absolute necessity because it doesn't cost the viewer anything. It doesn't cost um, the YouTuber anything. It does cost the retailer, but they're getting a sale that they may not have got without you. Mm -hmm. yep. um, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but uh, I'm sure that the retailers would rather not give you a percentage, but they're getting a sale, which if you're sending them um, to, to Amazon and rather than Sweetwater or Toman or wherever, then they're getting that sale. So they are getting money they wouldn't normally get. I am blathering now. Just well, it's actually rubbish, almost like the textbook, textbook definition of affiliate marketing, because affiliate marketing kind of is, is defined as a performance-based marketing in which a business rewards their affiliates, uh -huh. which is you, True. for each visitor or customer brought by the affiliate's own marketing efforts. And this is you are getting paid for your marketing efforts. So kind of your work pays off. Right. Not like, like, like in the first instance, but like in a, in the second instance. Okay. Do you yeah. want to see that photo, everybody? Um, if you if you listen to the audio version, I will of course explain this. <laughs> um, oh, <no. laughs> oh, there he, he is. is. So he's so go going to kill us. So guys, this is not not something that is like a secret. That's actually on a website 
where um, the great guys at Toman are explaining uh, in public how their affiliate program is working. And our friend Henning is one of their testimonials that they actually cite on the website. And it says, the Toman affiliate program easily accounts for a third of my monthly income. Going to the website and checking if you made a sale becomes an addictive and rewarding experience. And actually, this is where, if you allow, um, because we, we are still lacking in your number three, the third uh, stream of income, uh, if you allow, just to jump in here, I think it's also kind of um, a big benefit for companies, um, affiliate links, because it makes the influence that a person on YouTube has actually visible. So you get numbers, and numbers mm -hmm. are always good. It's not like a print ad or you know, a banner, a banner ad where you maybe get some clicks and maybe some conversions, but this is like the heart sale. So you see, okay, this YouTuber, YouTuber sold X guitars and X pedals whatsoever. So it kind of gives you, gives you an idea of, uh, of their reach and also their value as a, a promotional partner, as a testimonial for your brand. So yeah, affiliate, I, I like the, the idea of affiliate marketing and it's actually pretty common. I mean, there are so many companies, Guitar Center does it, Musician's Friend does it. And if you look, especially in the US and, and also in the UK, I mean, there are so many small stores, you know, fishing stores and like, um, like big companies like Canon or Lego, they have big affiliate programs, but also small stores have affiliate programs. And I think it's, it's some sort of um, kind of European thing to maybe think that affiliate is a little bit dirty. But I, th I think it's like just another, you know, very modern and digital way of, of creating income streams by, you know, benefiting and, and capitalizing on material that you that you made and, and, you know, giving people advice from videos and, and, you know, let them buy what you use. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's I've just realized to simplify, it's quite simply word of mouth marketing, isn't it? It's yeah. It's go to my friend's shop and, and buy it from there. And then everybody yeah. wins, kind of. Honestly, um, I think a, a Tupperware party feels dirtier to me because there you have that kind of social pressure. If you're sitting around, you know, yeah. if, there are, if there are 20 people sitting around there trying, oh, wow, this is so great, the new shaker and everything. And then at the end of the day, you know, you, you, had, you had some great dinner and you tried out that stuff. And then, okay, guys, what do you want to buy? And you feel that kind of social pressure. Oh God, I got to buy something because you know I was here, I was a guest. Uh, whereas digitally, I mean, everything is uh, you know you, you do that in front of your own screen. There's nobody looking over your shoulder. That's true. It's it's not commission based sale, is it? So I remember that being when I lived in England, there was uh, a, a electronics store um, called Dixon's, and they, I don't think they exist anymore. So I can talk crap about them. And when you walk in there, the sales the sales assistant would be like, "Can I help you?" <laughs> and like they're all working on commission, maybe not in Dixon's, but in certain shops. So th th there's a pressured sale there, and certainly with mm -hmm. affiliate links, um, there's no pressure. And absolutely, if you go there via my link, I really really appreciate it. But if you don't, don't. You know, there's there's no um, no real comeback for that. But the fact that um, Another way to use affiliate linking, not just for income, is the fact that I can go to a company that I've never worked with before, which is leading us on to our, our next uh, source of income. And I can say, look, um, I worked with this company, I put the Toman Sweetwater Amazon links up, and I sold this many products. So as you mentioned earlier, I have proof of sales, which is 
proof that I did a, a reasonably good job, at least. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that I thought Henning gave us permission to use this photo um, because I, I thought that, you sent it to me in WhatsApp twice. Yeah. And I thought you sent it the second it in the folder. Time. I didn't put it in the folder. <laughs> ah. Ah. Um, before, before we go to the kind of biggest and the, the biggest uh, source of income I have and the one that most people have a problem with, there is a fourth one. Um, which, as a joke, I kind of linked into this podcast. At the top of the chat, you can buy some of the Guitar Geek socks. So wow. I have merchandise. Um, I think Michael actually bought some socks and said they're so big you can fit four boss pedals in them. <laughs> um, I don't expect anyone to buy any socks with my Guitar Geek logo on there, but when I was on Teespring and making t-shirts, which I did want people to, to, to support me with, there was an option to have socks, and I thought, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's why socks is at the top of the, the chat this week. I'm, I'm, I think if you were to buy some socks, you'd be one of only two people in the world to own a pair, so there's that. Wow. Do they have a serial um, number stitched in? No. <laughs> yeah, if you buy another pair, you have three and four because you know one and two have already been sold. Oh, right. Left and uh, right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Michael, he's in the chat. He has the black version. I need a photo <laughs> of you wearing those socks, Michael. Please tag the the podcast and uh, and me on Instagram with your uh, lovely legs. <laughs> or actually, no. Please put four. Please put four boss pedals in this in these socks. I want to see it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm going to remarket them as pedal um, wrapping. <laughs> the pedal sock. Uh, yeah, the pedal. The pedals, pedal sock keeps your pedals and your feet warm. Multi-purpose socks. Wow, multi-purpose socks. I love it. What if you can wear? You could wear the sock with the pedal in it, and then no, you I can don't, activate I and deactivate. That. Wow, I'm talking about. There you go. Let me let me just take a note. So yeah, um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've been I've been as 2022. The tube tube screamer suck. The tube. <laughs> right. We need to stop this podcast. That's actually pretty good. We need to get them for the people in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many boss pedals will or or Ivan's pedals will fit in such a sock. Maybe three or four. Depends on which which size you're going for, right? The pedal rock sock. Oh my god, this is good. Arty Smudge. Arty Smudge. You are the dude. Yeah, Arty Smudge yeah. is very good at names. He's um he's yeah. very good with things like this. Love it. Love uh, it. Do the socks come with the fronaments? Um, this is this has gone off on a tangent. I want to get to. So yeah, what I'm trying to say is buy my socks. Yeah. <laughs> so except for like making a living from selling socks which you obviously are and i know the porsche is already standing Absolutely. outside um mm -hmm. like what's what's uh or, or why do you work with companies i think this is a little bit like the third stream of income was a little bit like a little bit little in information yeah we were getting there and then I, yeah, I went yeah. off about socks yeah yeah so, so um the main way that i make money from youtube um is to charge companies for me to review their products. All right. And that is that is the way 
that, hmm, let me be careful. I think that is the way that many people make money. But there are then, that's a whole umbrella. I really nearly swore then. I really nearly dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole F umbrella. Um, there's a whole umbrella of money that comes directly from a company, a brand to people that market their products, which um, ultimately, that's what I'm doing. I'm advertising. Um, I'm trying to think of something that isn't that tuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, me pick, oh, let me pick this because it's it's um, it's not been sold anymore. So no one no one gets anything for it. It's the DoD buzz box, the FX 33. So I am advertising stuff. But I think people come to me and I might be wrong, but I think people come to me because we have I have fun with it. And I'm not trying to stuff things down people's throats. Um, and I genuinely enjoy the stuff I do, um, which is another umbrella I want to go into in a moment. However, the there's influencers, and there's reviewers, and there's mm -hmm. demoers. And there's probably yep. more under that F umbrella as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's how, a difference between you... a demo and a review. Yeah. No, is there a difference? And I, I a was difference just about between... to say, how would you differentiate between influencer and demo guy? I can do reviewer and demo. A reviewer has a demo in it, but then gives their opinion. A demo involves no opinion of the product. Just this is what it does. It right. does that. It sounds like this. This, um, if you want to uh, increase the influencer side of that, you say it does this, and it's amazing. Isn't that amazing when it does that? That's so amazing. All right. So okay. that's not an honest review. I'm just give, you know giving positive words about it. Mm -hmm. But that leads um, me to, a, to so, a very central point. Like when you. I know, I know how we work together, but when you are working with other companies, are they just sending you any kind of gear or is there some sort of communication, either what would fit the channel in terms of a target group or what you are very interested in? Because this is how I got to know you. Like Andy's already always freaking out when he sees new stuff like that fireman. I didn't request anything. He was just, oh, I need that. I want to buy it. This one, not the one that comes in July. I need this one. So you know, there was no no real negotiation. It was just like, okay, I'll give you a good deal on that, and that's it. So he paid that guitar, and that's it. Yeah. So, what's, what's, um, what's the deal usually? What's your what's your question? Oh yeah, the question. Sorry, I was you talked about the fireman, and I got all excited. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, I, um, I can only talk from my own experience again. But I'm I'm growing, and no, uh, hang on, rewind. When I started, um, let me explain the way that I've got to where I am. May I do that in order to answer the question? Sure. Then when I first started my YouTube channel, I reviewed things and made videos of things that I already owned because I was just a, a wee young lad sat in this room with a mobile phone. Then I started buying gear to review on the channel for two reasons. One, a justification for buying the gear. <laughs> and two, I picked some hot products that I thought would bring people to my channel. And I did two products that I bought. One was the Squire Bullet Mustang, which I modded and I 
played and it's still here i still have it it's it's a 129 euro guitar and i still play it very regularly because i think it's great the second thing was the boss katana range of amps and now many mm -hmm. people know me for doing boss katana um content and then what so that was me buying stuff and then suddenly um i was i, re I realized you could reach out to companies i realized there were people that worked at companies i went, went to tgu and i met you for the first time dan um uh actually i'm, I'm gonna give away an embarrassing story if you don't mind <laughs> it's embarrassing <laughs> for me not embarrassing for you i because i not that i'm an expert now but i have my own experiences i knew less than nothing back then and after TGU, you and I had an email conversation and about, are you sweating now? No. Okay. Um, about maybe doing some work together, maybe doing some videos. And there's always this little dance you do at the beginning of these conversations. You know, there's a little dance and it just, it's very open. And one of you has to say, yes, please take these products. And then the other one has to say, okay, in exchange for that, I would need this. And then there's the, that's you do the dance. And you said you'd like to do some some videos with me, and I wrote back something like, "Oh, great! Uh, if you could send me the Nita Strauss and that acoustic I was playing and an AZ, then I could really use that on the channel. I can keep it and, and do all that stuff." And you were like, <laughs> "Hold on, hold on, buddy! <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> you don't remember it? Oh Not man, it haunts me! It haunts me!" Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not, 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 not terribly, but just knowing that we were talking about this, it came up in the, in the back of my mind. I already had forgotten it. Um, awesome. So we got some questions. Um, yeah, I, I will reach out for questions in a minute. So hold your questions right now, and I will give a question and answers section of the video in a bit. Um, where do they get to? Yeah. So then you start meeting people from brands via social media or in person with you, for example. And you do this dance where, you, and the next step is from buying your own gear where a company will send you a pedal, for example, and then you make a video, no money changes hands, and you send that product back. Mm -hmm. And the company, I believe, should pay for that shipping both ways. So the, the YouTuber is not uh, spending any money, but the mm -hmm. YouTuber is not, is not re um, receiving anything. And that's when it comes into product or payment or both mm -hmm. because then you get to the next stage where people say oh we're going to send you this pedal um, and i'm saying pedal because they're very easy to send out for shipping and they're relatively cheap to mass produce not necessarily the boutique stuff the mass produced ones um then you can keep the pedal so this is the next level and when you keep uh, I will answer the questions. Please, please keep them for a moment. I feel like I'm at a press conference. This is great. I feel important. <laughs> um, please keep your questions to the end, ladies and gentlemen, um, mainly because you'll distract me, which you, ha you have done already. I want to answer the questions. Once you have accepted a piece of gear for making a video, you have been paid. I can talk for many countries, but I can only talk specifically for Austria. Um, but I know it's true in many countries. Once you take a product from a company, you need to declare that in your taxes. And also, you now need to make sure people know that you've received that pedal as payment or mm -hmm. product as payment. Mm -hmm. And this is where I was um, dancing around my notes about uh, being careful what I say here. Okay. 
because yep. I try to make it as clear as possible now in my videos that I've either been paid for this or I've received this product for, and I'm not going to say for free, because there is no such thing as free because you, you're working, it's your time. Um, you've received this stuff um, in exchange for your time for making the video. Um, I wish this <laughs> chat wasn't on screen right now because it's really distracting. <laughs> go on, Iron Man, go on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that level. You have been, at this point, you are being paid. Mm -hmm. Then the next level is where the received product is the level we're at. The next level is to receive product, get paid, send product back. Okay. So you get in addition. Which, honestly, to I didn't. Year, you get yes. Product. Oh, okay. you, no, no, you, 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 you don't get to keep the pedal. So they're trying All to right, keep okay. the costs down. Mm -hmm. I keep saying pedal. It could be guitar, it could be amp, it could be uh -huh. whatever. Um, that didn't happen to me at all, but it has happened to other people that I know of because it kind of makes no sense once you've once you've, once you've crossed the barrier of um, exchanging a fee for a video. Normally, the product stays with you, and mm -hmm. if it's I mean, a pedal, if it's a guitar, yeah, or an amp, that's a very it's a relatively more expensive um, uh, expense for a more expensive expense for the brand. The company. <laughs> Yeah, you're so good with, with um, words tonight. <laughs> thank words. Words is good, and <laughs> the reason is I'm normally just bl blurting out anything that comes into my head, and I'm yeah. trying to stay ahead of what I'm saying. I'm I'm diplomatic. <laughs> Not because I don't want to be honest. <laughs> I want to be honest. I want to be open, and I want to make sure that I do give you all the information that I have. But I don't want to get anyone in trouble by it because, yeah. and I'm going to say this once: some people that do what I do, do not play by number one, the rules and number two, the law, mm -hmm. the law, the law. But actually, it's a, it's a um, if I might jump in here, actually, it's a also a tricky bit because a lot a lot of the a lot of regulations and laws have been like, uh, modified and has been, you know, provided more precision in what they actually mean. And you know, I'm, for instance, like, if, if we as Ibanez, if we work with companies, if we work with Andy, with, with Henning and others, I usually send you such information. So I'll give you an update. Okay, this is the new regulation because, you know, if you screw up those kind of uh, declarations and, and kind of disclosing that, that this is paid advertisement, then we as a company could also be in trouble. So for me, it is important mm -hmm. that you play, play after the rules, you know, and there's a, to me, there's a minimum standard. And uh, that is kind of, there's no doubt about that. And then there's, you know, something that, you know, it would be nice to have because the law says, okay, ideally you should have it. But um, obviously in, in, you know, everyday YouTube, it's, it's, it's not even considered by a lot of people. So at some point, I think it's like, it's like with the, with the speed limit, you know, if, if you've got 80 mile speed limit and people are driving 85, you can't go 80 because then they will just, you know, kick you in the nuts or something. It's kind of, you got to play after the rules, you know, st stay within the law, but you kind of have to adjust to how others are playing the game because don't blame, you know, don't blame the player, blame the game and, and regulations. There also is some sort of game. And if authorities are not kind of controlling stuff and if, if YouTube is not controlling certain things, and then and there's a certain routine that kind of pops out, uh, pops up and, and, uh, 
just some, some yeah some sort of, of, of routine that youtubers how youtubers approach that whole topic let's put it that way um but with that said i mean disclosing if something is a paid review is something that i find absolutely instrumental because to me it also kind of cleans up what you said that kind of feeling dirty if maybe at some point to sell yourself or to mm -hmm. sell your services mm -hmm. if to me if you disclose to to your viewer in the beginning and i gotta say for instance um shout out to phil mcknight he was one of the first youtubers to do that in a very specific very concise and very transparent way so he's like one of the raw models whenever i talk about that topic um if you disclose Absolutely. that 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 you got paid for doing that review then to me everything is fine you should do that transparent you should do it upfront, ideally and also something like if you're using affiliate links that should it should be said that these are affiliate links and you receive some sort of kickback but everything else is just part of the game you know and like you said unfortunately there are always a couple black sheep that don't play off the rules or you know think they can bend the rules um we don't have to dive into that topic. Or, or dan or dan it's it's yeah. it's ignorance otherwise um there yeah, are well, some people who are just sure. ignorant uh sure. and some people who are willfully ignorant yeah uh, Randy is just making a point. Uh, the argument everyone else is doing it—it's the game—is not cool. Uh, I, I totally agree with you, Andy, uh, Randy. But um, if, especially in European law, if the rules are not very specific, and there are a lot of, uh, and there are a lot of decisions from um, from cases in court that kind of are the contrary of what the, the the current law books or textbooks says then to me it is not very strict or it's not very clear because then there is an, an internal conflict in how that law is being interpreted so at the and, and we see that a lot mm -hmm. especially in in europe a lot of youtubers or a lot of influencers that are being uh, brought to court and they win their cases because you know they kind of they don't just they just not find the loopholes they kind of just interpret law in in one way and the other way and then there's an ultimate decision and, and uh, let's say 60 70 percent they win so to me and it's also a point at the moment the 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 social media law is kind of very strict which is good but it's also not very um um let's say um co not cohesive that's the wrong word it's it's it, it doesn't fit into the rest of the world uh, let, uh, if you go to the cinema and watch a james a james bond movie there is so much product placement but at what at which point are you did you see the video that was being shared around um yeah there's a specific video on youtube did you watch it with um yeah. uh help me out uh help me out who did this uh henning shared uh, the video but i can't remember who it was um, um let me, let me create it. i think that was tom scott youtubers have to declare ads. tom scott yeah yeah, yeah. there's another thing that uh, social media people are more tightly policed than people on tv or in movies um mm -hmm. i agree with you things should be strict and this is this is where um i absolutely try and play by the rules because i cannot risk losing um my source of income which is this yeah. but ultimately and i say this with with um with brands that i work with i serve only one group of people and that is the people that watch my videos and if that brand cannot fit in with the rules that i have because i have been asked in the last month to um here's me being diplomatic to 
the phrase that was used, we want to ensure a 100% positive review now that we are paying you. <laughs> okay. That exact phrase was used in an email. Wow. And I'm said, I'm so, I just said, I'm sorry, that is not going to happen. There yeah. is no such thing as a perfect product. Um, and it's my job and my responsibility as a YouTuber or as, uh, no, no, my responsibility as a human being who's talking to other human beings, if something is pretty good, but has, you know, I don't know, some tiny thing wrong with it, maybe it's the best pedal in the world, but it kills your power supply, you know, or whatever, or it's a great guitar, but I wish the input jack didn't fall out every time I plugged it in, you know, small, tiny things. Um, but they have to be said. And um, people are putting their trust in me by watching the videos and, and maybe buying from the affiliate links. And I think possibly one of the most important parts, important points I can make is that if I make a video about a product and I review it and I give it a perfect review and I say, this is amazing, then someone, a group of people buy this product, it comes to their house, they play it or they play with it and it's absolute crap. I've lied to these people, they've got the honest truth, and they will never trust me again. And they will also not trust the brand, or, or there's a, a sliding scale of that, of course. Yep. Um, and then of course, I lose my viewership. And then I'm useless to the brands. Mm -hmm. So I had to explain this to the company that sent me that email. Um, and uh, actually, Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum is in the chat right now. And he said that uh, only once he's had to uh, have a brand try to micromanage the content of the video and he never worked with them again. This yeah. is a very rare occurrence for me, a very rare occurrence. I don't deal with this daily. Most people I deal with are absolutely super cool um, or uneducated because they don't know the rules. They don't know the law. And of course, people want a, a, a product reviewed positively. Mm. Um, I've kind of lost my... my train of thought. But uh, yeah, that's, that's happened. I mean, integrity, and I do... integrity and credibility is key, right? For you. Otherwise, yes, just absolutely. Shut the doors and, and start going fishing instead of doing videos. Yeah. So I, I have a rule that I don't review anything that I just think is absolute rubbish, because I like to keep uh, content positive, And I like to have a positive YouTube channel. Um, that being said, if I mm, careful, if there is a product that I see lots of videos for that is, this is a great product, this is the, the best new whatever, and I think it isn't, then I will release that video of mine because I think it needs to, to give um, my point of view because maybe other YouTube channels or other influencers or other places uh, have been paid to say the things they're being paid to say. Mm -hmm. Again, very rare. But I did some negative videos in the past. And um, the views were astronomical. If you say that stuff like this is the worst amp I've ever played, people will watch that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's just human nature. Why is it the worst? Um, uh, and and um, on the other side of the argument, this is the best overdrive pedal I've ever played. Mm. People will call you out for, for, for lying. You know, so it's we're human beings. So good. It's so, <laughs> so good. Good. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but but going back like to the to the initial question. So basically, do you get yes. to pick? Do you get to pick what you review, or is it a mix? Sorry, we didn't answer the question. Um, when I was uneducated and had no path, and quite honestly was grabbing at at any money that would come my way. And not in a sense that I would take the money to do anything I wanted, but uh, if if I thought something was borderline, not my favorite thing, I might still make the video yet. Now, um, I now know uh, the people that watch my videos. Hello, everybody. And uh, um, I kind of know who I am and what I want to play, what excites me, what makes me feel happy. And those are the best videos I make, which is... Um, which is definitely the most fun. I do this, of course I do this for the money. I need to feed my family. There's no question there. However, I do this because I absolutely flip and love it. I am very lucky to do what I do. And I, I work very, very hard and very long hours and it is a tough job. However, I know how lucky I am. Um, I work surrounded by guitars. I don't get to play them very often, but I work surrounded by guitars and stuff. And, um, Anybody complaining about that is is a fool and and doesn't deserve to be in that job. And there are people that are complaining. Um, however, every time I upload a video, I, I I have enjoyed myself in making that video. Sometimes the things I've done in the video, the the products or or whatever, are not the you know. I always want to release the best. Every video I want to be better than the last one, and that doesn't mean I have to say nice things about the product. It means I have to have had more fun or have been more silly or put more silly Easter eggs in the video to make myself laugh. Um, so to answer your question, finally, yes, <laughs> as of this date and as of a few months, I do choose the products or I try to choose the products that come onto my channel. Mm -hmm. However, as we've mentioned several times about me going, going metal, I'm trying to expand that as well. Um, but mainly because I have fun with it. So my channel for me is about being honest. And I always tell this to companies, the base of my channel is honesty and integrity and, um, and having fun. I'm not a good enough guitar player to say, this is how this product works. It doesn't it sound great. Mm -hmm. All right. So there was Did another I answer your question finally. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, there was, uh, there was one question from Mark, I said, who asked um, if companies are checking the content prior to releasing it. Good question. Okay, now we're getting into law as well. Um, also, the company that asked me to, uh, to do the, the I almost said the name there, the company <laughs> that said they wanted to have a 100% have a uh, positive review, they wanted to see the video beforehand. Okay. Um, and I said no, and I will say no to every company. Because, and I didn't realize this until about two weeks ago, once a company sees a video before it goes online, that is 100% advertising, then it's not, it doesn't come into any, um, <laughs> reading the chat, it doesn't come into any other under any other umbrella, it is paid advertising which changes the law. You're no longer influencer marketing, you are 100% advertising, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but if a, pro if a video has been checked, um, it's advertising 100%. Even, 
under control. Even from... if you don't, even if the video still says um, this is rubbish or this is bad, you know, it's still in the eyes of the law an advertising video. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, which, which, which I can fully understand because at that point you are under like potential control from the company. You know, there's a kind of freedom yeah. of press, freedom of press thought that there is no censorship whatsoever. And to me, like kind of sending that video out prior to the release would be some sort of potential censorship. Um, so in order to kind of avoid that conflict of interest, I, I'm, I'm completely agree with you that that should be a no go. So if you're like a YouTuber and you're like beginning with, with doing reviews, be careful if companies are asking to, to see the videos ahead. I mean, if, if you send them some snippets of how it sounds, they'll probably be over the moon. This is, you know, stuff that I receive from YouTubers like Max, for instance, hi Max, all the time, but I never get any kind of like, can you do a pre-review or stuff like that? That's just not happening. It's like, okay, yeah. this is like a cool demo, you know, video is going live tomorrow. Can we promote it or, you know, stuff like that. And that's completely cool. But um, yeah, as soon as there's some some sort of uh, company control over the, the actual content, I think it's a very difficult game. And uh, um, yeah, it's 100% advertisement, of course. It's, it's like a commercial. It's like producing a commercial. There's one one caveat. If I'm doing a, a a video about something something that I not a guitar, something that has switches and stuff on it, and I'm yeah. not sure if I'm doing it correctly or if there's something that I'm missing, I will speak to the company and say, "Hey, I had this issue, or I think I'm missing something." I will check with them uh, before I finish the video. Yeah, but isn't that, that that the kind of making sure that it works properly? I mean, that's kind of customer service, yes. right? Yes, yes, I mean, absolutely. But I, I'm I'm just saying that's yeah. I'm just saying that I do sometimes speak to companies just again to be transparent. Um, just checking this tube screamer pedal, Dan. Is that big knob in the middle? Is that the volume? Yeah. Well, then I give you a reply, yeah. and no other questions asked. Uh, However, sometimes I might say, every time I do this, I get a funny squeaking noise. Is that supposed to happen? And they'll say no. I say, okay, either I've got a faulty unit. Yeah. Because um, I have done that in the past where I've released a video and the unit was faulty. Uh, yeah. I had to take the video down and, and reshoot it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that happened before. I mean, we, I've, been work we, I've been working with a lot of YouTubers previously. And... Uh, to me, it's also like the field test. You know, lately with, with the whole pandemic happening, we haven't even been able to get enough samples. So we had to ship out stuff without even QCing that. So um, I got to trust in the factories. And if something is effed up, you know, I don't want to see that on a channel just, you know, because the YouTuber received a, a faulty instrument, which happens. I mean, you know, there are people involved and, and uh, you know, that they, that something can happen um, is, is just normal. That's why we are actually QCing everything. But when it comes to those sort of reviews, that kind of um, feedback from you guys, um, if, if something should be faulty, I think that's super valuable for companies too, because it doesn't influence your, it doesn't influence your, yes. uh, your opinion or your verdict about the product, but it actually gives very important feedback of the product development or product improvement. I think there are, there are certain companies, let's mention just Ref, for instance, that have uh, benefited big time from uh, YouTuber and influencer feedback. So that's also some sort of um, knowledge, you know, gaining knowledge for the companies too. Yeah, it's it's market research. It's, I mean, yeah. I, I do this pretty much all day, every day. And 
if I think something's not right, I'll contact the company and say, are you really sure you want to release this? Or, you know, and I'm, they have to choose whether I'm an authority. I'm not saying uh, it's an, I'm an authority. They, they choose. And um, there are people watching. I know they're asking questions about when to reach out and how to build relationships with companies. That's another show altogether. However, to slightly dip into that, the better relationship you have with that company, the better content you will create. And I do not mean you have to be friends with them. I mean, you have to be honest and open with them. Uh, and for example, you, you know, quite right now, I'm talking to my friend, Dan, my co-host, Dan, but also the guy that gets me paid for my yep. And we are professional in love <laughs> um, to, to be able to divide those three things. Uh, and the guy that sends me Lego and Star Wars memes, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. But I know that when we, when we do Ibanez stuff, it's a different relationship. Um, yeah. We, we got to negotiate video prices, for instance. We got to negotiate what goes on the channel and whatnot. We got to negotiate, you know, how's the development of the channel. So I got to assign certain budgets mm. for media work and stuff like that. So that's like the company point of view. So why do I send you a guitar? Because I'm expecting exposure. I'm expecting some sort of feedback too, some resonance, and not not necessarily just 100% positive feedback. Because I know that. You know, a uh, 200 bucks Geo cannot be competitive to a 3,000 euros J Custom. But I expect a, a proper, well-done review. And if you point out some flaws of the instrument, so be it. That's just, you know, that's just the nature of the game because nothing is perfect. But as long as the demo itself provides some additional value to the viewer, I think then your mission is accomplished and I'm totally fine because then I have another outlet for my gear. I don't have just... You know, Ibanez.com, I don't just have Ibanez Facebook. I have a third-party channel that has some sort of credibility mm -hmm. and uh, that has a, uh, a subscriber base that trusts those people and who's able with their, like you, you are able with your playing to enthuse people about, you know, crazy noises and, and walls of sound and, and, you know, even to enthuse people about metal guitars that are so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, let's let's be honest now. Uh, the the Ibanez GRGR, which is so good, when it arrived at my place, um, the action was too low. Oh wow! It hmm. comes straight from the factory, and I told you, I told you about this. And in my video that I made, uh, which is not on the channel yet, I need to need to get that finished because I need <laughs> to get paid. Um, uh, I say I have tweaked the trust rod on this because it came from another country on the other side of the world, and the action was just a little bit low. Yeah. It would be unfair and unprofessional of me to say this guitar is crap. It's just, the action's bleh, horrible. That's not fair on the product or the potential guitar players that want to buy that guitar. I haven't yeah. done my job if I do that, I, I consider. Yeah. Um, Ryan just uh, made a comment from 60 Cycle Home that it's common to get pedals that are still in prototype phase, and he's sent back a few pedals because they weren't ready to film yet. Absolutely. Again, market research. And um, uh, the guys in the chat are making me laugh. So Poo Ninja said that I review fuzz pedals that are supposed to sound broken. I did the <laughs> silver machine from Jupiter Effects, and I genuinely thought that pedal was broken. Genuinely. It sounded so good <laughs> that... Um, but it just sounded horrible, but in the best way. But I wanted to make sure that the one I had was supposed to sound like that, because... 
if so, then it's great. If not, then I'm just lucky that I have that particular pedal because I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we move on to some questions, or have you? Is that the end of the interview? Or? Oh no! Wait, no. Something very important. <sighs> Centered. Right. When I upload a video to YouTube, I have to fill out a video description, tags, thumbnail, all that sort of backend stuff that takes forever. However, for a while now, there's a little tick box you can tick that says this video is paid promotion or something like that. So you can choose, you can choose the uploader whether you say that video is paid promotion. When you click that little tick box that says this video is paid promotion, there's an overlay that comes up. This bloody ugly thing from my, oh, not Ivaness, from YouTube. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a, hang on, rewind. There's this bloody ugly thing from YouTube that um, comes up and says paid promotion on the video. Now, if we refer back to my previous comment, um, back to paragraph 463. <laughs> This, um, this Laboga cab that's behind me right now, I did not pay for that. I did not get I did not get paid for it. But I received that in exchange for a couple of videos. If I feature that in a video, if I feature the, the Marshall one there, um, that's a paid promotion, because I received that product without any charge. So even if I'm not being paid for the review of Oh, crap, where is it? This buzz box, there we go. So that's a buzz box pedal that I bought. Um, if I do that video, I still have to say that it's paid promotion because I'm featuring a guitar or an amp that I have received. And this is the dodgy ground where a lot of people are not understanding. And I certainly am not going to name names, but there are a lot of people on YouTube not clicking the paid promotion button when they should be. And one of the reasons they're not is either ignorance or when some viewers see that paid promotion button, they switch off because it says, ah, oh, pay promotion. I'm not watching that. It's just an advert. No. That's Actually, not the case. So up the point that that started in the tech tube world with a major fallout a few years ago. So they, they mm. added the, the paid promotion button. But here's the thing. I mean, the paid promotion button is something that is um, provided by YouTube. So that's actually a, a third party. That's a, a company. So you cannot hold them liable. If you tick that box and it doesn't pop up, you cannot hold them liable that they didn't, you know, announce that it's paid promotion. So actually, if you want to be very specific, you got to include it in your video because that is your original content. And uh, I, yes. I wouldn't just rely on on that little ugly tick box or or you know comment there. Well, so this is where we go back to to Phil McKnight because I now put overlays. I have product supplied, uh, paid video or I bought this, and there's a fourth one, which I've never actually used yet. Yeah. Um, but then it's only ref referring to the product, the main star of that video. Mm -hmm. um, and I've relaxed now, so I can be, I, I'm happy being honest. I've got, I've got over the main hurdle of this, this conversation. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. And another thing. Um, <laughs> But often, when I talk with companies that are new to YouTube, which happens more often than you'd imagine, if I'm honest, um, they'll say, can we send you a guitar, a pedal or something? How does it work? Do we pay, you know, and they mean, do we pay you and do you keep the product? 
and that's always negotiable. Um, I can't eat pedals is Henning's uh, famous line. Yeah. Can't eat pedals. You can resell them, of course, mm-hmm. um, which I do do. That's another form of, of income. Um, I'm clipping this clip tuner on my finger. Um, I'm a fiddler. So an, a, another way to quickly earn um, income is to receive said product, then do video, then sell product. Therefore, you have got an income. However, I do that because I can't keep all the things that I have. However, I don't do it straight away. It, it stays with me for at least six months to a year mm-hmm. uh, on, on most cases. And that's when I explain to these companies that um, I am absolutely going to try and charge you because that's what I want. Um, <laughs> however, if you want that product back, depending on what it is, you might gain more value for money by having that product featured in other videos on the channel. Yep. Sure. Which is also sometimes code for, I really want to keep it and I'm finding reasons to justify that decision. (laughs) Um, But also it it is true. Um, For example, the, the prestige guitar that I have, I'll get it. I'm attached by a cable. Uh, come on you little bee. there it is this prestige dc coupe i have more questions about that guitar than any other guitar in my videos mm, mm-hmm. i could be playing something else and people will say what's that gold guitar on the back wall <laughs> prestige made the right decision by um by leaving that guitar with me they did not pay me for a video they lent the guitar with me mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So says so basically get free gear or send it back and get paid. No. Um usually that's that's just a point that Andy was was making usually getting paid and keep like if it's something small like a paddle uh or like getting paid and um getting or getting paid more and send it back. <laughs> right? Yes, and also just to correct that, uh, Steve, there's no such thing as free gear because you're working for that video. You're right. giving hours of your life, when, and time is the only true currency. So yeah. be very careful with the phrase free gear. Yeah. Um, it's, an, it's a nice, easy way to explain keeping something and not actually paying for it with money from your account. There's no such thing as free gear. If people knew how much work it takes to actually run a YouTube channel, um, and get over the several hurdles to get to the small stage that I'm at, um, most people don't continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a hobbyist, it, I, I might, I might uh, accept that kind of phrase. If you're oh, a, hell yeah. Hell yeah. a very enthusiastic hobbyist and a company is interested in your, in your work and they give you like free gear, this is something that you do anyways. But if it's your, if it's your job, I mean, you can enjoy your job, but if it's your job, it's never free. And it's also, you know, well, let, let me refer to my initial statement, Daniel, that is, um, I can only speak for myself. And these are my views. Yeah, <laughs> I do this as a job. But if you're doing it as a hobby, yeah. uh, I want to answer one of the questions that came up in the chat earlier, when to approach companies about getting sent gear and when to start that dance of, um, you know, do we do we get paid blah, blah, blah. I know we're running over uh, about one hour 40, but I definitely want to answer this question. So let me make that more concise. The question that was asked by Krenner 
was something like, at what point, I've got about 500 subscribers, should I start contacting companies to, to, to work with them? The answer to that is yesterday. And yes, you should say, I want to charge you money. Because if someone with 500 subscribers is charging money, and I've got 35,000 subscribers, I can justify me charging money when I charge money. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll get paid with 500 subscribers. And I think that you should not ask for money. But I think that's the mindset that you should be in. You have value. Whether your value is enough to justify money or free product um, is not for me to decide. However, um, there's people getting paid with 1,000 subscribers. They're not getting paid very much. <laughs> um, but let me, it's, it's a, I think it's a classic thing of sales, Dan. Um, I've got 500 subscribers. I just need to charge you 10 euros for the video. If you can get money from that company, even though it's only 10 euros, mm -hmm. you've got money from that company. So yep. when you've got 1,000 subs, oh, I've got to charge 25 now just to, you know, just to keep it moving. Next thing you know, you've got 10,000 and you're charging an actual something that could um, to be a fair exchange for your time. Yep. Uh, and once you've, once you've got money from someone, it's easy to get, easier to get more money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially nowadays companies, and I can only speak from my perspective, but I think it's a trend that companies are seeking more also like micro-influencers. And with micro, I don't you know necessarily mean like 460 subs, but maybe 1,000 or 3,000. So a channel can be rather small as long as, it's, as long as it is niche and it has like a certain purpose. So if there's a, a YouTuber that has a very small following but can demo stuff in a very very interesting or very uh, unique way, I think a lot of companies will be intrigued by that. Some, some might be, you know, put off a little bit because they're not used to stuff like that, but some will, you know, jump on the train. One example is, is our friends from uh, German Music Reviews. They do those hilarious reviews and they, they started, it's such a small channel, but you could feel and, and you could tell that they spent so much time and, and invested so much time and, and so much heart into producing those videos because they really like doing it and they like demoing that stuff. And uh, well, uh, my buddy at work, Frank and I, when we saw their channel for the first time, we just fell off our, our, uh, our chairs from laughing. You know, and and those kind of channels that can surprise you or can can give you some some X factor, I think these are the most interesting ones for companies because if you are you know if you are on a big channel you are as a company you are maybe a small fish in a very big pond, whereas if you are on a micro influencer influencer channel you're probably the big fish in a, in a rather small pond, but all the fish in there are very similar, and it's very homogeneous. So. Um, yeah, that's that's just my my understanding and how I approach those things. And uh, I think it doesn't necessarily comes down to how many subs you got. It comes down to how good the quality is and also the exposure. Because you can have a small channel that that overperforms in certain instances, that has occasional viral hits. You don't have that steady following of ten thousand or fifty thousand, hundred thousand subs, but you have occasionally, let's say, fifteen thousand views on a video that's very good. That's cool for me. I, I totally you know cooperate with a channel like that. So um, I think it's, it's a mixture of having a very good and high quality content with a lot of love that is well, mm. well recorded and you, know, you, you present a product in a very unique way. I think this is the most 
interesting point for me as a you know, you know brand director. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. And um, uh, everybody, Dan is. I, I think Dan is very good at his job. Really brilliant. But he's he's also very good at his job and that he doesn't give anything away. You know what I'm saying? So no. Dan does not give something away. He's he's a businessman, as as we both are. You know, I'm running a business here ultimately. And um I just want to answer some questions that have just come up that are relevant. Um Can I can I just quickly add, add uh, because you said we're not giving please, please, yeah. That is that is correct, but we're also we've been very strict. We've never ever had anyone to work for us uh, without getting paid. So even if you had a small channel, we would compensate to some degree. And I find that very important because once there's the legal point, because we pay insurance. There's an artist uh, artist insurance. So Henning, Andy, and all those guys, if they would be registered as artists, they could actually benefit from from those kind of insurances. So we pay x x percent of the amount of uh, what we pay for the video on top in, into that kind of insurance. So that's one point. And the other point is, like you said, you cannot, you cannot eat a pedal. So at some point, I don't want to see someone doing reviews on stuff and know that they worked for zero money because that's just not fair. And I think as a, as a company, it's, it's got to be a give and take and not just I take, I take, I take, and you know, you're my slave and you, know, you, you work for me. I think that's a very important point, and, and I'm very happy that a lot, not not all companies, I'm very diplomatic here, not all companies have see it that way, but I think a lot of companies have now that kind of work ethic. So I think we're getting there. I think so too. I think it's there's a fairness, and again, back to honesty. Nobody wants to work with with someone who they don't like. You know, it's necessary sometimes, but. It's just about honesty and fairness. Um, but yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, Dale asked that, uh, or Dale pointed out that it took me a long time to get to somewhere where I was being paid. Absolutely. You've got to pay your dues. Um, and I, I had a nervous breakdown. I was a shell of a person for a good six months, not because of the YouTube channel, but because of my, the way my life was going. And it was hard work. It still is hard work. But I got I was working two jobs. I was doing the YouTube channel. I was teaching, um, and I was underperforming in everything I was doing, in my opinion, um, because I was doing too much. I'm not saying, and I don't wish that upon anybody. But please do not expect that um, you can open a YouTube channel and suddenly start getting paid for it. You you do need to have some worth. You do not need to have a certain number of subscribers, as we've said already. But you have to have some value and some worth. And if you're just making people laugh, then that's enough. You know, or if you're making people shocked with the level of your amazing playing. Mm -hmm. But the thing you do have to do is find out what it is that you do that makes you special. Um, you might just have great hair, for example. <laughs> well, then you're probably the next L'Oreal testimonial. <laughs> exactly. Damn yeah. that L'Oreal money. Give me that L'Oreal dollar. <laughs> um, there are some other questions that I missed, but uh, um, something about on on the flip side, I, I think we're going to have to bring this to to a halt soon because it's I'm I'm getting to other topics. But small companies working with large YouTubers, so flip it on its head, you know, um, companies that. Uh, have just brought out a new product and 
maybe they don't have the marketing budget, which is normally a wrong way to say it. So hang on, let me back up. Person has great idea for a guitar based product, person wants to release said product, doesn't have a lot of money, may reach out to someone like me. If I truly believe that they, they don't, and I'm not going to try and take their money. If I truly believe that they think what they're doing is phenomenal, and the product seems half decent, or at least has a chance, of course, I'm going to do that and not charge the, the company. Mm -hmm. It feels good to give back to someone. Um, what it doesn't feel good is when a large company tries that, which you know have a, a marketing budget. Mm -hmm. um, or, for example, no names, careful, Andy. When <laughs> a company, oh, steady. When a company does a Kickstarter project, and Ryan's in the chat, and he'll probably know who I'm talking about, <laughs> and they raise, and they email you saying, we raised. Uh, 3,000 times our expected goal on Kickstarter. Now the product's ready to go. Would you like to take a look at it? Um, and you say, yeah, sure. My video fee is, and here's my video fee, everybody, 350 euros. That's the current fee I'm on per video. That's my target fee. And then they say, oh, we don't have the marketing budget to send you money, but we can send you a product uh, and you can keep it. And well, you've just told me in your initial email that you earned 3,000 or you made 3,000 times your goal. Why isn't mm -hmm. your marketing budget included in that? Yeah. Oh, we, we don't consider this a review. We just want to see what you think about the product. And, you um, know what, what that reminds me of? It's, it's like having a band and you, you are asked to play for exposure. <laughs> Isn't that pretty similar? Exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. you can keep that so, 10 euros product, but give me your 30,000 subs. <laughs> yeah, so every case, I believe, is, is yeah. um, unique. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Alternatively, if I really like the person that works at that large company and they say, hey, Andy, can you just make us a video on this, this thing for this month? And I'm like, that's not too much work. I think I might enjoy that. Yes, if I can fit it in. Mm -hmm. yep. Very rare. Mm -hmm. Very rare, or if it's a, an idea that I have that I don't think will will benefit the company in any way, um, yeah. then it's 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 fine. I'm I'm uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I had a lot that's... of fun tonight, Dan. I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying too. this. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was this more rather serious talk, but I think that's that's that part of you know that kind of almost yeah, like union work uh, that, that Henning mm. and you do for the YouTubers to kind of really make make a point and saying, you know, guys, don't sell yourself too cheap and make sure that, you know, you're getting paid for the money and uh, for the for the time you invest in your videos. I think that's a very important point because actually those kind of that that whole YouTuber community is something that is thriving and should be should be thriving because it it, it creates that diversity and great community that we now right now in the live stream are actually enjoying big time. And um, if there is like one thing to to just point out for me from that from that uh, night is that like any channel over a certain amount of subs that presents gear is paid in what way that might you know differ but you know they either receive products or receive discounts or you know receive some some other sort uh, other other um other amounts of money or, or whatever so everything everyone who's having a professional channel is paid to some degree 
and this is something that people got to understand and uh but it's not bad so personally i would i would vote to have for instance more opportunities for affiliate marketing you know to have more uh, opportunities for small companies let's say in austria providing smaller youtubers a way to you know interact with them and, and get a little bit of uh, of the of their share of sales and and uh, you know benefit from that and i think at the moment it's it's a little bit um crooked i don't know if that's the right word but it's a little bit an interesting development because the music industry is such a big and such a a colorful industry but especially that field of kind of influencer marketing affiliate marketing is especially in europe a little bit underdeveloped you know if i might say so so I, I would hope yeah. for more diversity i would encourage everyone either as a hobbyist or as a full-time job to start it if you love what you do people will ultimately love it and uh also other companies if, if a sure. company if even a small store has a has a niche and they are selling gear and and let's say they are the number one store in the north of england for um elect uh, for metal guitars all right let's do some some sort of affiliate marketing with the hottest metal guitarists uh, you know in your surroundings so this is like a it's a very new approach but i think especially um COVID has shown us that that paradigm shift happened already and if you want to be successful, you've got to find new ways to get exposure and outreach. And I think that whole online community is, is so great to, re to reach that goal. So, um, yeah, it's just I highly encourage everyone to, to get involved and, and, you know, get fun out of that. You know, don't let yourself, you know, be bullied by others or negative comments. Just, you know, get that positive side of those uh, videos and comments. And, yeah. Be a great community. Amen. Yeah, and <laughs> amen. Yeah, Dan and I have a thing called um, soapbox. Where you know, when you step <laughs> on your soapbox, sometimes we're texting each other, and I'm like, oh, "And this," and I think that, and then ooh, and he's on his soapbox, and that happens sometimes. <laughs> and I've spent a lot of time on my soapbox tonight, but I'm doing it because I I know stuff about this. You know, it's my personal experience. Um, yeah. I have an opinion, but also ultimately I'm trying to help people because I know there's some people listening and watching right now that either have a YouTube channel and are not where they wish to be, which is absolutely everybody that has a YouTube channel. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no matter what you're doing, you want more, and that's always going to be true. So don't think you're, you're going to finally catch that dragon. You're going to be chasing that, that dragon for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of lost my train of thought, but again, but there is nothing like for me meeting up with other YouTubers who technically should be my competitor as a business. But there is nothing like meeting up with Ryan, for example, Henning, anybody I can mention, and just just standing near them and knowing that they know. And they know what it's like. And I'm, I'm not complaining. It's again, I am super lucky and I love what I do, but it's bloody hard. And unless you're doing it, no one knows. My girlfriend doesn't know what I do in this room. I sit here and play guitar and fiddle with a computer and, and talk to this microphone. You know, she won't, if you don't do it, you don't understand. It's the same as any musician. When you talk to a non-musician, they don't get it. They don't get the passion you have. And if you're into Lego, for example, and someone else isn't into Lego. Whatever your 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 thing is, the people whose that thing is not their thing, 
won't get it. <laughs> it's incredibly dull, incredibly hard work, sorry. <laughs> incredibly hard work, it is. Um, but there was one thing I wanted to say, Dan, I think I'm, I'm pretty much ready to step down off this box. But when you're watching these videos, and this is to, to the viewers of my videos and any video in which um, a product is being featured, so the new pedal is being released, example. There is a responsibility of the viewer to judge whether the person you're watching is trustworthy or not. So people will lie to you. And I've said several times in this video that I think honesty is is very, very key. Um, but there are people who will not tell the truth because they're trying to get money. You have a responsibility as a viewer to decide whether you trust that person or whether that person is trying to pull the wool over your eyes. And just because uh, we put paid content at the beginning of our video, does not mean that we're lying. So that you guys have a responsibility too. And I, I have a responsibility to you. Some people don't feel that way. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's high on this soapbox. It's, it's a bit mm. cold up here. <laughs> but yeah, that was so right. And like Valeria just said, you know, people don't get to see all the work that goes into that. They just see the final product. So, you know. I think as long as you uh, just to answer Steve's question, Steve's yeah, asked this please. question several times. You're not blocked or anything. It's just I didn't see your question. Um, as I said a few times in the video, if you get paid for a review, you are not being paid to do a positive review. You're being paid for your time. Yeah. Um, Shall we do like a very quick Q and A then to just answer a couple? Like, if you have questions, like sure. drop them right now. Let Let's do like a power round of Q and A. All right. Go. Uh-huh. Yeah, so silence because there's actually a 20-second delay on this video between the, the, no worries, live, no worries. the live chat. There was, there was, there was um, one question earlier that, that was asking if artists do have to declare ads. Um, I think that's a very interesting point because this is where uh, currently the laws are not very precise. And this is the point that I was making because this is no legal advice at all. But um, at that point, like an artist would have to declare basically every single post he's doing as an ad. So that doesn't make any sense to me. So basically artists, especially like I can only speak for Ibanez, but if an artist gets gear from us, they pay for it. They pay less than what you would pay in a store, but they pay a certain amount of money. And there is no contractual, um, like specific use um, that, uh, that goes with the product. So they basically buy the product and they can do whatever what they want with it. They can sell it, they can destroy it, they can play it. So I, I do not do, um have any contract with them we don't even have an artist contract for instance except for a couple like artists that, that receive royalties for signature gear but when you are an artist with ibanez germany you don't, you don't have a contract you just pay your gear you buy your gear and you pay less and that's it so what you do with it is uh, completely up to you and, and this is the point there's no control from the company side what you are doing i think this is what you also wanted to point out andy there's no control of the co actual content that you are doing. You can do a horrible review. You can say that's the worst guitar ever, but you bought it, so that's completely fine. But like like I stated earlier, currently laws are not very 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 specific, or they are maybe a little bit uber strict when it comes to that. 
So from a legal standpoint, you would actually have mm -hmm. to declare almost everything as a as an advertisement, but that's not very, um, let's say, realistic. You know, because then if you would scroll through uh, Instagram, it would everything would be declared as ad. So it's not it's not working that way. Same with Facebook or even with TV TV, TV shows. You know. Oh, Mr. Bond, nice watch. It's Rolex, beautiful. You know, stuff like that. I mean, I, I wonder how a uh, I wonder how a James Bond movie would look like if you would always have immediate um, overlays that said paid promotion. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> Boop, paid promotion. I, Boop. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't watch it. I, I I probably would watch it, but I I would I'd watch it. Who's who am I lying? I love James Bond. All right. um, more questions, more questions. I, I was laughing kind of when you were doing your, your little talk there because I was reading the comments. So sorry for being disrespectful, <laughs> but we didn't get any questions, I think, that were actually related to the topic, but proving that um, this community is everything I, I want it to be, we had silly <laughs> questions. That's great. So, um, so we had um, from Mikhail, what's the worst Ibanez guitar you reviewed? Well, Mikhail, the worst guitar I reviewed was not actually the fault of the guitar, but the fault of me. I did an RG last year and the video never went live because <laughs> I didn't think I did. Uh, I didn't get the guitar. I didn't. It was the wrong to, revert, to go back to Dan's question earlier. Um, somehow Dan and I screwed up and I did the wrong guitar from from me at that time. So it absolutely was the worst Ibanez I've ever played because it was not for me. Um, it was a quite an expensive guitar. And it was beautiful. And it was really well made, but my video was terrible. I didn't air it. Mm -hmm. um, yes, serious answer to a silly question. You're welcome. Uh, how many hairs have I shipped across the world packing and unpacking guitar boxes? Uh, <laughs> Valeria had the correct answer, which is not enough. Um, <laughs> actually, um, I accidentally... <laughs> I accidentally sent a pedal back to someone recently. Uh, my son put a, an Ocean's Eleven from Electro Harmonics in a guitar box, and it arrived back at the guitar company's headquarters. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I get That's that back. <laughs> my son's very happy, uh, very helpful. Uh, what's my f my favorite Ibanez model, current or discontinued? Top of your head, head Dan. What, what's the favorite one? Quick, no thinking. Uh, AT100. Of course, Mr. Andy Timmons. Um, I'm going to have to say something from 1981. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Alexis Guitars. If you just bought a product yourself as a hobby YouTuber, is it still advertising because it's a 10-minute video about a specific product? This is not legal advice. We are not qualified no. to give legal advice. We can give an opinion. Yep. So basically, there there is there are some recommendations if you if you need to declare that as as promotion or not. And basically, they say um, if you have a product that you bought from your own motivation because you wanted to have it without any commercial support from third parties or any incent incentives from third parties. Then, and they say, and it's it's here, it, they say no, and then in brackets, it says usually. <laughs> so you see, it's not very specific, but like basically if you bought the product and there's no third party kind of controlling you or kind of super uh, supervising you or 
make having any influence on what you are doing there, then you are a hobbyist and you do it just for fun. Just be careful if you do it very regularly and you only like have, you know, specific products, then people might think, okay, there might be some sort of connection, like industry connection. So it's like with with eBay classified ads or something. If you are selling stuff, if you are selling five pair of shoes per month, okay. But if you are selling a hundred pairs of shoes per month, you're probably like a commercial user. So be careful with that. No, but still, no legal advice. I'm just making a point that you know, check the laws of your specific country and try to stick within what is said and also look what others are doing. Not saying that they have to do it right, but how they do it. Like said, Phil McKnight, like Andy, like Henning, you know, nobody's perfect, but at least everyone tries to be as transparent as possible. And um, sure. there's nothing worse than not even trying. You know, if you tried and you failed, then at least you tried. And, and this is something that, you know, a, a lawyer will also take into consideration uh, or a judge at that point. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Sarang, so what counts as third-party influence? What about brand-specific sales around Black Friday? I might be motivated by a company's discounts to pull the trigger. <laughs> That's uh, interesting, my yeah. Personal, it's very interesting. My personal opinion on that is the same as what Dan just said. No company is forcing you specifically. Correct. They're not giving you specifically a discount. They're giving... They have a hundred products, and they're going to sell those at a discounted price. If you choose to buy one, and what you do, to, what you choose to do with that product is up to you. Also, refer to what Dan just said. So, again, there's only one thing I can pretty much guarantee, and that is that no one knows the answer to any of this stuff because it's new yeah. ground legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because you could compare it. Like, if you have a, a guitar. And it's a Black Friday sale, and you get fifty percent off. That might be equal to what an artist got as a as a discount. I'm not saying that they receive fifty percent off, True. but just as an example. So it's it's kind of kind of similar in in the actual amount that's being deducted. But like I said, when the the artist or an influencer gets gear uh, for less amount of money, then there is some uh, that then this this deduction of is is a compensation for the use that they are bringing to you as a third party as a company. Mm. Whereas if you just buy a product, then uh, the decrease of price is just like a marketing tool to me. You know, it's like a yeah, it's it, they're kind of luring you into buying the product because you think it's so cheap. They're very likely still making a profit, a smaller profit, but still making profit. You know, but um, yeah, if you buy a product like if you buy a product as a private person. You know, you don't have to classify that. Of course not. There is one still, other situation, I guess. Another situation, I guess, is, for example, this microphone and the microphone Dan is using. We both yeah. paid for these. The company that produces these mics uh, did not discount them in any way. Um, I did reach out to this company and say, hey, I'm looking for some microphones that would be really great to use these. Uh, however, they said no. They, they they didn't refuse. They just they, it wasn't there wasn't enough value in what I was offering, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but you may have noticed that the microphones have stickers on them, so we're not promoting the brand that makes them. However, I love this microphone, and Dan loved it so much that he also bought one a little later down the road, and I will yep. be making a video about it. So there's a, another area where I do this professionally. However, I bought that. And I want to make a video because I want to share with you guys. I think it's brilliant. 
Yeah. No one knows the answer to these things, but I, I guess use your common sense, tell the truth, and look at other examples on YouTube. There's there's so many out there that you can just and, and ask people that might know. Reddit, Reddit is extremely useful, not for legal advice, but for opinions <laughs> and um, previous information. No, and especially within EU, you usually have those kind of white papers or or brochures that give you like a rough overview of, of how to act. So, uh, you know, if, if you stick to those kind of roadmaps, do, you're always on the safe side. Yep. Do you have the link to that? That Because it's a PDF, isn't it? That you've sent me that PDF. Yeah, that's a PDF. Uh, I got to check. We can, uh, I can send it to you. Maybe we and, can put uh, it in the in the video description. Description, uh, yeah. We because can, we a few can people there. might find that interesting. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Again, not legal advice, but just some really good guidelines. Um, and I think we've we've wrung all the water out of this sponge. That's a yeah. new expression that I'm trying to bring into. <laughs> into... <laughs> and you've done it. You've done it, <laughs> Mr. Swiss. <sighs> I did it. There you go. I think I only ups. If anyone got upset by the things I said, then they're guilty. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mentioned no names. Yeah, if I've upset you with the things I've said, then you are doing something wrong, and it's in your conscience. Nah. <laughs> oh, also oh, oh, oh. welcome to the channel yeah and thanks to i mean we had like 80 80 to 90 people uh, at some point so still 75 sticking around thanks so much for all of you guys uh for checking out uh, this episode um always a pleasure and i think you were so nervous and i think it was a very very interesting and very good episode so thanks andy for your time and for sharing all those insights because I mean, for me, it was like a company perspective, but for you, it's very personal and it's like part of, you know, your job yeah. and your income. So it was very personal. So thanks for sharing all that. Um, I hope we, we could shed some light here and uh, give you some also some behind the scenes information and, and, and looks into how all of that is working. If you have any more questions, you can send us an email at guitarstoriespodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram. And of course, um, we always appreciate if you give us a iTunes rating because that will help us to increase visibility of the Guitar Stories podcast. Five-star rating, yeah. Five-star rating. It's, it's really difficult to do that, but you can also thumbs up this video if you're watching the YouTube version. You can leave us some comments. We'd also like maybe some suggestions for future videos because I'm sure every time we talk, we, uh, <laughs> we, we pose more questions than we answer. So... Um, yeah, I, I'd like to know exactly what people receive from us and, and questions and, and any guests that they would like to request, because you never know. You never know who we might be able to get. We've got some great guests coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, some people I can't, I can't even talk about. We can't talk about. Um, oh, it's exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I am going to go and watch uh, Snowpiercer on Netflix. I watched it last night. Really? Ah, isn't that great? Are you are, are you up to are you up to date? No, not at all. I'm I'm just in episode four, I guess. So, uh, but isn't that a great show, man? I love the movie, but I, that, I really enjoy that show. The TV show is great. Not not quite Mandalorian. Well, I watched season one before I watched the movie. So I watched season one, then the movie. Now I'm on season two, and there's an episode oh, wow. waiting upstairs. Well, well, waiting on the internet for me. Um, <laughs> but yes, right. I've had a wonderful time, and 
Um, yeah, I, I guess the reason I did, I agreed to do this video, Dan didn't force me in any way, by the way, he, he was fine with us not doing it, is that the subject absolutely fits the way I want to run my YouTube channel, and that's honesty and transparency whenever possible. Apart from when I cut out the bits of me playing bad guitar in my videos. That's, <laughs> I guess that's the only part where I'm not, not honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for sticking around. We love what we do. We have great fun. I look forward to every Tuesday. Um, and I look forward to next Tuesday, where we bring you more revelations from the guitar world. Ooh. All right. Well, thanks so much. All right. Have a great night. And let's pierce some snow. Let's pierce some snow. I'm being silly right now, OK? Oh, yeah. I'm going to uh... go. Pierce, that sounds like you're going outside to use the toilet. <laughs> definitely, definitely time to end the stream. Okay, I'm going to go and pierce some Bye, snow. Guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>